You are listening to K is for Kinky, and we're your friendly neighborhood kinksters. Jen and Eden. And today, we're discussing a topic that neither one of us has been formally trained on to speak about. Oh, good. (laughs) It's going to be great, though, because today we're talking about feminism and BDSM. And most importantly, the age-old question that's still hotly debated all the time, is BDSM anti-feminist? Hello, and welcome to the K's for Kinky podcast. This podcast discusses adult topics, so if you are offended by adult topics or are under the age of 18, please stop listening now. Also, while Miss Jen is a therapist, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not to be taken as personal therapy for you. She is not your therapist. And if she is your therapist, just remember that what she says only technically counts in your private sessions. Oh, how are you doing there, Miss Jen? <laughs> Hello. How do you feel? I'm fine. You're fine? Yeah. I, uh, I ate some food, had my coffee, going through my water. You're looking yeah. at me a lot when you're saying that. Are you trying judging me for not consuming as many waters? Well, you have not eaten yet. I had basically it a cup is of water. It's 2.30 in the afternoon. You have not eaten. Did you have coffee? You had coffee. I had coffee. Okay. The most important meal of the day. <laughs> And I've had like almost a full cup of water for my for my big cup. So, you know, I only, I'm supposed to drink two and a half of those a day. So I'm one way down. Well, and you haven't you haven't eaten any real food, but you are now chugging a protein shake. Oops, <laughs> my phone's on. Did you? Is that your phone? Yeah. Oh my god. So today we're going to be talking about something that's really big. I've been wanting to discuss it quite frankly for a very long time, but I have not had the nerve. Um, because discussing feminist stuff um, is often best left <laughs> it's often best left done to experts, but feminist theory and just feminism in general impacts all of us in our daily lives. Um, and I say all of us, regardless of your gender orientation, you are definitely impacted in some way by feminism and by the thoughts behind why feminism matters, especially if you're practicing BDSM. So. Uh, let's kind of start with where this first hits us. Um, when's the first time that you became aware that feminists sometimes talk about BDSM like it's the bane of feminism? You're asking me to remember when I first encountered that? Yeah, like, can you, like, was it the beginning of your time in the scene? Like, when, when's the first time uh, a little bird whispered into your ear, BDSM is anti-feminist. You're submitting to a man? Anti-feminist. And you have submitted to men. So when, when did you first encounter this? concept i'm trying to think back now granted this is a memory-based question so i can't guarantee that there wasn't something else that came up before this um i think honestly it probably comes more from the vanilla worlds um as opposed to people i've known in the scene um but like you know people vanilla friends or what have you especially when I was um, in power exchange with, with men, um, you know, seeing glimpses of our protocols or what have you and them, you know, raising an eyebrow, right? Like I wouldn't let a man tell me to do those things and that get your own damn beer, man. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Man person. Um, yeah. So I think it it probably I've probably seen more of that than in the vanilla world than I have in the BDSM world. 
Um, the only other thing I would say in the in in the BDSM world would be people I've known who are sort of on the other end of patriarchy. So people that are, you know, um, I don't even know what you're talking about. What's the other end of patriarchy? Female supremacy. Oh, female supremacy. Okay, I was like, what's the other end? So the opposite of the spectrum. So we have patriarchal society and matriarchal society. I mean, they're actually, maybe they aren't a binary, but for your purposes today, you're describing those as a binary. Well, because I'm saying like within the BDSM scene, um, I will hear people who are on the side of uh, female domination and things like that basically taking their stand on that side of the spectrum because to be a submissive to men would right so like it's the same is this making sense yeah so if i'm hearing you correctly it's hard today that's cool gotta help me out it's cool (laughs) if i'm hearing you correctly you're saying that when you first came into the scene the most judgment you got about being a female identifying submissive who was being paired most often with male D-types. Being paired with? I mean, I chose You chose them. You were choosing to be with male D-types. The most judgment you received was from your vanilla friends who basically were looking at you serving a man and kind of being subservient to a man in vanilla settings as anti-feminist. You're also saying that within the scene, people who are uh, pro-matriarchy will often, uh, they'll often bring up discourse about how women should never submit to men. Right. That only men should submit to women and that women can submit to women and that's fine, but not to men. Mm-hmm. So this is really interesting because I myself am in a very, I would say both privileged and unprivileged position in this conversation. And I want to explain why from a privileged standpoint, I am a female bodied person. I am woman ish. And up until recently I identified as a woman I now identify as non-binary, but I also use she, her pronouns as well as they, them. I am privileged in the sense that I am kind of excused from this conversation because people don't look at a woman submitting to a woman and think inherently it's anti-feminist. They think, uh, brain fart, what do I do? (laughs) And, uh, on the same token, I am also suppressed from this conversation because, People often exclude women or female-identifying people or female-bodied people who submit to other female-bodied people from this conversation because they they call it like the they what is it called like I was reading this on Wikipedia which is of course the best place to find all information but they call it the exclusion of basically lesbians or lesbian perspective from conversations surrounding binary power exchange dynamics or binary anything Um, people heteronormative yes. Um, another example of this in my life that I've encountered, uh, I remember I, I was proofreading this guy's essay that he was writing about why pornography is inherently sexist and problematic um, because all porn is made for men to enjoy only. And I said, after reading his essay, why well, watch porn and I enjoy it? What does that mean? And he's like, well, I don't understand what you're saying. I'm like, well, I'm a woman who watches other women in porn. And so that porn isn't just being made for men. The, the porn is also made for women. Women can enjoy porn. Well, it might be made for men, but that doesn't exclude women from enjoying it. Well, yeah. Basically, <laughs> I, what I'm saying is that it's not the first time I've encountered people discussing the politics or the theories behind sexuality from a binary perspective with total exclusion of queer people. But this also, this conversation about is it sexist for a woman to submit to a man 
um, is that inherently anti-feminist? That, that question alone excludes the possibility of people who are not binary. And it only really narrowly focuses on uh, feminism through a binary worldview. I, so wait, shocker. Are yes. you saying that most of the studies have been done with heteronormative uh, cisgendered people? It's Shocking. been done with them in mind, yes. Because um, most research is done that way. Yes. Uh, and it's actually interesting. If you look on Wikipedia, again, I'm so sorry that that's what I'm referencing, but just deal with it. If you look at Wikipedia, they kind of admit that from the 90s moving forward, this conversation about how does feminism interact with BDSM, people have admitted over and over again, it's really hard to look at BDSM through a fair lens when we look at it from the outside. Um, and also, people basically skirt the issue when it comes to two female-bodied people interacting in BDSM together. People really only address this concept through the lens of a woman submitting to a man. That is the big offensive thing about BDSM is this idea, um, one, that women are submitting to men, and two, the other big offense is that BDSM is inherently about harm and violence, and therefore... And unhealthy control. Right. And that all of those things are toxic and inherently patriarchal, which actually has been used to, for, by some feminists to argue that when women engage in this together, when it's two female-bodied people, it's still patriarchal. It's just two women enacting patriarchy without a male present. Um, and all of the arguments that are being used that I've been able to find that advocate against BDSM basically say that women who enjoy engaging in BDSM are only doing that because they've basically been brainwashed by the patriarchy to think they want that, um, also- which is... Yeah. The other thing that pops into my head, too, is how, you know, when you have two women who are in a relationship and you have the question, who's the man yeah. in the relationship, right? It's like, and, you know, for, for some couples, they kind of fit those stereotypes, but for others, they don't, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, but it kind of goes back to that expectation of this patriarchal system and examples of these relationships being the norm, even if we have to like shove the round ball through the square hole, you know? So primarily a lot of people who are talking about BDSM as compatible with, with feminism are themselves practitioners. Um, You'll mostly hear and find arguments about why BDSM can be compatible with feminist thinking um, only from that group. I'm not saying that there's no excuse. uh, There's, there's nobody who, is vanilla who advocates for it. I'm just saying that you'll primarily find BDSM people advocating for ourselves. Um, most of the time, this conversation really heavily um, surrounds our, our binary perception of gender. And I think that's actually something that's happening in feminism today that is pretty remarkable to see is this huge division about how we perceive gender and how that impacts the way that we view feminism. So let's break this down a little bit because I the second that... The words politics, feminist, and binary get used. Some people just piece out of the conversation. Let's break this down so that it's a little easier to digest. All right. There's a couple of things that I want to talk about when it comes to BDSM and feminism and these these basically accusations um, lobbed against any female-bodied person for engaging in BDSM, basically. Okay. The first thing I want to talk about is the perception that violence and control are masculine characteristics that are only embedded into our culture because men have been in control. That violence and control 
are inherently male. I want to address that piece. I think we should also address the difference between engaging consensually in play that is involving impact and implements and um, pain as harmful versus enjoyable. I want to look at the words harm and violence in relation to BDSM and whether or not they hold up. Uh, Vanilla people, by the way, obviously often perceive things that we do in BDSM as harmful because if it was not consensual, uh, it would be. And also because many vanilla people do not experience pleasure when they experience pain. Unless they're secretly masochists, they don't know it. (laughs) Masochists experience that. You have to be a masochist to be able to have physical enjoyment and emotional enjoyment from pain. Um, I don't even think you have to be a masochist if you're just taking pain because you want to please your dominant. But there are multiple ways that pain can be experienced where it might not in fact be translated to the person experiencing it as harmful. So we'll address that. And then finally, I, I really want to look at this binary and this confusion and even fear of approaching the topic of people engaging in BDSM who are not heteronormative and not binary. I want to talk about that because those are the three things that we should be really scrutinizing when we talk about feminism and BDSM overlapping. To be honest, this conversation makes people uncomfy, right? Do you think that's true? I mean, it can. It It might also depend on what side of the what side of the conversation you're on and in what company (laughs) yeah the argument that bdsm is anti-feminist is heavily rooted in the idea that women have been harmed historically by men in many relationships many women have been in non-consensual power exchange relationships basically where men have held all the power and men have historically been very abusive with that power women have been subjugated by men for a very very long time bdsm uh allows that structure in a consensual way so the woman does consent hopefully right or else it isn't bdsm it's just abuse but even though she's consenting the argument is that women only consent because they've been conditioned to consent they only think that violence and aggression is sexy and that power exchange is sexy and that someone having all the control is sexy because they've been conditioned to think that it benefits the man in every respect and by engaging in bdsm you are essentially reenacting situations that women were forced into non-consensually for hundreds of years and even today. So therefore, BDSM is anti-feminist. There is no way that a man harming a woman emotionally, psychologically, and physically could ever be compatible with feminism. That is the argument that we are going to be addressing today. There are certain features of this argument that are easy to knock down. And we're going to be able to probably knock this argument down and oppose this argument in three points. Let's do this. So the first point, if you want to take it. First of all, this is such a narrow scope there. And you can tell that a lot of this argument is from is made from mostly, well, probably 99 percent of people who are not in BDSM or have any knowledge or understanding, really, Um, because you know, all they're looking at is likely what they see in movies, you know, somebody or TV shows or whatever, um, opening up someone's back with a whip or, you know, doing all these things. And it, it, it's just such a minute part of this world that people just don't understand until they're in it. Um, or at least (laughs) talk to people who are in it. Um, and 
so I mean, to think that that's all that it's about is, is a really small minded place to come from. Um, you know, there's, first of all, all you're talking about with violence is things like impact play. Well, sure. But that's like one small part of a very huge world, including things like role play or service or positions or sensual play or types of implements or, or play that have nothing to do with pain or, or, you know, impacting somebody, hitting somebody with something. So just the fact that they're coming from a place of only seeing this huge world with so many possibilities as this one act already tells you something in terms of how much they know about this world, this community, um, and what we do. It's picking up one grain of sand on the beach. Yeah. I want to take uh, – I love that, by the way. Thank you so much because Ms. Jen really addresses a huge piece of it, which is, you know, like she said – the actual impact play aspect or anything that some people would perceive as physical harm or violence, this is only one part of what BDSM can be, right? But I want to go ahead and actually attack that grain of sand. I'm willing to go toe-to-toe with somebody who says this um, without just broadening the scope, and here's how I want to do it. What is violence and what is harm? Those two words are the biggest thing that we need to be able to describe and discuss to address this point that BDSM is violent and harmful and that that violence and harm is enacted against women and therefore it's anti-feminist. Violence is described under dictionary.com, if you look it up on the internet, as behavior involving physical force intended to hurt, damage, or kill someone or something. Now, I could go find five other definitions and we could dither about certain words, but I think this is a fair and reasonable definition of violence. Um, In this definition... Physical force has to be used to intend to hurt, damage, or kill someone or something. Now, I'm somebody who likes to bottom. I'm also somebody who likes to top. When I am flogged by someone, I do not feel hurt. I am not being damaged, and I'm certainly not being killed. I feel pleasure. Any pain I do experience is like sinks into my skin and opens it up like a, like a good massage. I feel healed after playing i feel energetically charged after playing my spirit feels lighter after playing the impact feels good to my spirit and my body when i bottom and the person who's topping me is giving me a gift they aren't harming my vessel they're elevating my vessel they're exploring my vessel and allowing me to push the boundaries of of human sensation of what my body can experience in a safe capacity where i'm not being physically harmed at all I've also consented. I want this. Well, that's what I was going to say, too. The definition doesn't have it, but it's probably because the definition comes from them assuming it's a given that this definition of violence is speaking to something that is not consensual. Yeah. So at least for me and for I'm going to go ahead and make a guess that most people who bought them enjoy it. They're not being harmed. They're being pleasured. Number or they one. enjoy it in some way, even if they're not like a masochist who perceives that type of impact or perceives pain as sexual pleasure or a turn on. It could be for other reasons, but I think, I mean, the main difference there is the consensual piece. I mean, that's the, that's, that's the difference because what people see is, is what's on paper. 
You know, they see, oh, you're spanking someone's butt. Well, that was often used as non-consensual punishments in the 50s and and before, you know, with wives, like in marriages, which now we look back and go, ooh. But for them, (laughs) it was not consensual. That was a whoops. And that's, that's the problem, right? We look at that same thing now in a consensual power exchange relationship or scene and yeah it's they want that thing they've negotiated for it even if we remove consent from the conversation though which is a huge piece it's actually a component that i definitely want to address but even if you remove that we also would have to establish that the person hitting has the intent to hurt or damage someone and that's actually not the intent at least for me and for many tops that i know the intent isn't i'm gonna hurt you for the sake of hurting you the intent is I'm going to do this action to give you an experience. I'm going to do this action to create pleasure, to create a bond, to explore fear, pain, anger, joy. I'm doing this thing, but it's not because I'm trying to physically hurt you in a way that damages your body and your spirit. So typically, the definition of violence doesn't even apply to BDSM. There are some scenes and some cases where it can, but let's now talk about something that uh, Ms. Jen just brought up, which is critical. It's a critical point. Consent. Why is consent critical? Besides the fact that it allows a person to say yes or no to anything in their life, this has to do with autonomy, self-advocacy, the ability for oneself to know oneself more than someone else. The same rights that people are so obsessed with when it comes to having the ability to decide what you want to put into your body, the ability to have the right whether or not you want to get an abortion or not. So to make an argument as a feminist that basically women who are engaging in this behavior are only doing it because they've been brainwashed and they can't make a decision for themselves, that is an anti-feminist statement. To say that women don't know their own minds well enough to be able to consent and to generally broadly apply that to an entire demographic of people because you don't like what they're doing. That is anti-feminist in my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, it, (laughs) the argument also just falls apart, which I know is a, a separate point that we're making, but it also just falls apart when you look at any other configuration of humans besides male dom female submissive well we'll get to that i know i'm just saying it like just completely falls apart but consent is absolutely i feel like the critical key to all of it because it's whenever i've talked to this um topic when i whenever i have spoken to this topic before i always bring up to me feminism or or being a feminist is about women having choices, women having the choice to do X, Y, and Z. And that is the big difference. It's like, well, okay, if a woman, if you want a woman to be able to decide what happens to her own body, then that includes these things that for some, they wouldn't decide to do this. That's great. Don't. That's your right. But for other women, they might say, yes, I want this. This is pleasurable for me. I choose this. So for somebody else to come in and say, oh, well, no, no, no. You're not allowed to choose that thing because I don't like it. Well, that to me, that's not feminism. That's just some an, yet another person 
telling a woman what they can or can't decide for themselves. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I think probably the last part of this piece that I want to address is where we draw the line with what it's okay to consent to with pain. Because if we were to agree, which we do not, but let's say that we do agree that BDSM is actually harmful and that no one should have the right to consent to that activity. Where does that line get drawn? Is it okay in sex for someone to spank your butt while they're fucking you? Or is that a spanking? Is that violence? Is it okay to get a tattoo? My body is being permanently damaged. Technically, it's being permanently altered and scarred by the tattoo. Many people are actually say the tattoos are so painful, they almost pass out from the pain. So what gives them the right to have a tattoo? They're having their body harmed. They shouldn't have that right. Mm-hmm. Is elective surgery acceptable? Because elective surgery is potentially harmful and can lead to death. And the death rates on elective surgery are much, much higher than BDSM for what we know. The available evidence would definitely suggest that elective surgeries probably kill more people than BDSM does. The reason I point all of this out is because there is no active description of violence and harm that could for sure apply to BDSM. Some people may call BDSM harmful based on their view of what violence is and what harm is. But if you do not experience masochism, if you do not know the pain is pleasurable, if you do not want to engage in it, at the very least you can allow for the possibility that there are human beings having an experience that's different than you who are engaging in things that are different than you because they like it. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to experience it in order to know that other people might have pleasures in their life that matter to them, that impact them differently than they impact you. So... I think we've kind of tackled that point pretty well. I would be fucking fascinated to hear people argue further. But let's move on from this first point here, because now we've discussed, is BDSM inherently harmful and violent? Right? Let's go on to the second point now. That violence and control are inherently male. And I think actually that was what we were supposed to be talking about first, but we flip-flopped them. Doesn't matter. Let's take the point. (laughs) Are violence and control inherently male? Are they inherently part of patriarchy? This is a more complex question. Well, it is. Let's go ahead and attempt to talk about it. Before we do talk about it, by the way, we are not experts. And we're not positioning that that we're experts. Are you worried that we're going to get sued or something? Nope. I'm just (laughs) wanting to make it very clear that we are not positing this as fact. We're positing these things as opinions. Please go ahead. This is true for our entire podcast. (laughs) Yes. Well, sometimes, though, you are an expert on certain things. Well, yeah, you can't speak can't of authority taken that way or whatever. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay. This is a complex thing just because, and maybe it's due to my view of gender. For me, I kind of, I, I, I hate gender applied characteristics. So what do I mean by that? I, so for me personally, I'll just take it to, to a personal level for me personally, I feel like everybody has quote unquote feminine and quote unquote masculine traits. I think every human has a full spectrum of different types of traits that can be applied to what is feminine and masculine. And the reason I say in quotes is because what has been decided by whoever, um, society, the the deciders (laughs) in life is that certain 
things, certain characteristics, certain behaviors, certain abilities um, are gendered, right? So, oh, well, you know, if you, I don't know. um, Well, like we've talked about this in our relationship, you know, I'm usually the one that gets called upon to fix stuff. Like if something, if a picture needs to be hung or a doorknob needs to be tightened or whatever, I'm the one that does that. And that's fine. Um, It's also hot. (laughs) But for me, a lot of people will say, oh, so like you're the man, right? No, (laughs) I'm a woman. I'm very much comfortable. I'm very comfortable in my identity as a woman i don't know i mean i kill all the spiders and by kill i mean i'm not talking right now about the balance of our (laughs) i'm just saying like no trait is inherent it's kind of like how we talk about no behavior or trait is role specific right as far as like dominant or uh, submissive similar to that yeah i yeah i don't like assigning traits to gender roles also by the way quick adjustment i do not kill spiders i do remove them i actually ask the family not to kill them but the family does kill them with behind my back i do not kill spiders i move them but i am the spider grabber really okay i don't want to think i'm over here murdering spiders i don't i I don't want to think about spider murderer (laughs) okay um the point was (laughs) not to do with spiders but just that I personally think like I could look at the things that I do, my my role in this relationship, my role in this family, right? I'm the sole breadwinner. I'm the one that I don't know fixes the things. I'm the one that puts IKEA furniture together. Like I, you know, I could look at that and be like, oh, so I guess that means that I am more masculine or I am quote unquote the man in the family. And it's like, why? Why can't I do all those things and be all those things and just be a woman? Like to me, I, I that just aggravates me across the board. So when I look at gender, that's kind of how I look at that. It's like, well, and I don't know, this might be, I don't know. I hope this isn't offensive, but to me, I'm like, we're all some sort of non-binary <laughs> in a sense. Um, and maybe this also comes with the fact that I'm bisexual. <laughs> like everyone is... So is not like I don't know anybody who's on one side of the of the spectrum or the other a hundred percent. You know what I mean? So I think it's not so much about your gender as it is you're a mixture of things. Everybody is. And so to say that these are traits that are inherently only for men, even if you say they're masculine traits is a little bit better because women can encompass those traits but to say only men are these things i don't think that's that's a fair statement so i really appreciate i just went on a tangent no you didn't i didn't no no i really appreciate (laughs) everything you brought to the table with this because we actually are discussing something that is so complex that one people do study it exclusively but also it, it majorly impacts how all of us perceive ourselves we're kind of talking about gender politics a little bit right now yeah um but I want to I want to speak to a little bit of what Miss Jen said and, and share some thoughts that I have really quickly. It's our mid episode interruption so that we can catch you in the middle into our web of asks. Yes. Okay. Um. And the big ask that we have today is is sharing us with your friends, which sounds dirty. 
But no, it really helps us if you can spread the word, whether it's telling people verbally, hey, you should listen to this podcast or even on your social media. If you see one of our posts and reshare it uh, to, to the people that follow you, fantastic. Like that does a lot to, you know, get the word out there that, you know, we are here. And if you like us, then hopefully your friends will like us too. <laughs> yeah. So please spread the word um, because we want to grow and we want to be able to c- continue to produce great content for you. If you tell two people and they tell two people, then lots more people will know. <laughs> it's a domino effect. Okay. <laughs> so thanks a lot. And now back to the episode. Um, there is gender in terms of how we perceive our own gender identities right now. Right. So we have, you know, the male gender, the female gender, we have non-binary gender, we have a million genders, we have gender fluidity. Um, there are, I think there's, well, there's there's transgender. There's also like, there are multiple cultures who have third and, and other genders. I'm just listing the most kind of basic breakdowns that pop right to my mind. Right. But, um, the way that we perceive gender is impacted by our our cultural norms for gender, our gender norms, and it's impacted by gender expression. So it's clear that our society in America, and we grew up in California, so I'm going to speak specifically to that region, it's very clear what the gender norms are because you and I and a lot of people could basically be given like 50 traits and sort them into male or female if we're guessing which one goes where. Mm -hmm. So what you just mentioned, like I build all the things, right? I would put that into the male, the male gender norm. I'm not saying that all men should do that. I'm saying that's the gender norm. I've been taught and culturally conditioned and socially conditioned to, to be able to sort gender norms. What else? Killing spiders or removing spiders, handling bugs and gross stuff, any sort of violence that needs to be done. Who does that go to? <laughs> violence against bugs. <laughs> yeah. Facing a scary thing or killing a scary thing would go into the male category, right? Raising children. Cooking food. Who gets that? What's female category. The female gender yeah. norm, right? So we're talking about many different things right now. We're talking about actual gender, which is its own thing that I want to hold really far away from social norms because actual gender is why people are starting to identify differently than male and female because we're discovering that gender is more complex than binary, right? We have actual gender over here on the far side and then we have gender norms, um, social expectations, and gender expression, right? And people typically will accuse you of not being your gender if you gender express differently than they want you to based on the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, we cannot separate feminism from this conversation. We can't separate feminism from, from gender politics because that's one of the biggest issues right now. That's why we have TERFs. TERFs are trans-exclusionary uh, radical feminists. Right. And these feminists basically say that you have to be biologically born with female genitalia to qualify as a woman and that feminist benefits and things that protect women should only protect biological women. That's that's the argument there. That's a huge issue when it comes to gender politics and examining and exploring gender just period. It's a very binary and harmful way of thinking. And again, it excludes all trans people from that conversation. Um. The same is going to be true when we look at applying this to BDSM right now, okay? Are violence and control inherently masculine traits? Do they belong to patriarchy? How the hell do we answer that question? In the world that we live in, patriarchy reigns. Men are still in control of a shit ton of fucking fuck. 
Like, men are in control. Okay? Do men get more money? Yes. Do men have more privilege? Yes. Do we live in a, in a world that is violent? Yes. And is our history very violent? Yes. And are men the people who authored that history? Yeah. Does that mean that only men are capable of violence and harm? No. Does that mean that only men want control? That's not what it means. We are now looking at statements I've just made and saying that because they're all true, it belongs to men and patriarchy. But if women were in control, could they not also necessarily be violent? Could women not also potentially demonstrate the desire for control or to be controlling? It's not just me saying a couple of women that I know of are capable of violence or a couple of women that I know of are, are controlling. I'm saying that gender isn't the defining reason why people do this, that power and the system that patriarchy has set up allows it to be done in a way that is toxic. And socialization and upbringing. Yeah. You know, boys are taught violence is okay. Violence is a way to resolve conflict. It's, you and know, it's it's a way to, you know, just get it out of your system. Just, you know hit each other and then you're you see it in movies constantly right the two guys are like all right give me a punch i'll give you a free one i did your i did you wrong and they punch him and it's like all right we good now like yep. i mean you see that all the time yeah. and yet you know girls are brought up that you know you don't hit you don't that's unladylike right yeah and those messages social norms and conditioning for gender are heavily at play we are not going to sit here and argue that there isn't violence and like domineering control associated with patriarchy there absolutely is but we're basically saying that that doesn't exclude women from being able to exhibit those traits that those aren't inherently masculine but it is what we teach boys they're human traits but they are manipulated in such a way by society to create more of a focus or acceptance when it comes to men as we are not experts as we don't have numbers as we don't study this it may be possible that males who are biologically male might be more predisposed towards violence. I don't know. But I would definitely believe that social conditioning plays the largest role mm-hmm. in how we are formed as humans. And it's social conditioning that kinksters have to face, tangle with, and deprogram when they come into the scene. There are male D types who commonly say, it took me forever to be able to get past my social conditioning to be willing to put my hands on a woman. Yep. Because I've been taught that it's abusive. There and are the opposite too. I've known women, female submissives, who have to really work through this idea of is it okay for me because I am pro women, I am, you know, feminist, whatever, is it okay for me to submit to a man? Like they go yeah. that's a big shame factor as well. What's going on here when people say that men are inherently violent and that patriarchy is inherently about control and Did that you say patriarchy? Patriarchy, but oh. patriarchy actually is great. Patriarchy. It's the patriarchy. <laughs> but seriously, I am definitely not in support of the patriarchy and I think I, I think it'd be fucking great if we had a matriarchy. And I don't think that would solve all of our problems. I think that we would find In matriarchy, that there'd still be some serious problems with power imbalance and abuse of control, uh, abuse of power. I think we'd see that with any human being because I don't think that gender is what we should be using to define who controls or who is in power. I think that the binary thinking where we 
only see ourselves as men and women and that that's the only way to organize the world, that binary thought structure is incredibly harmful and we're seeing it right now in this situation where some feminists are arguing that all BDSM is patriarchal and violent against women because it involves control and it involves violence. One, we've already argued that it's not violent inherently, but two, yes, it heavily involves control and power exchange. Power exchange is human. It's human. That's not Yeah, the problem is most people see it in a a a non-consensual space. Yeah. Um women want power as well, non-binary people want power. You aren't your gender. You aren't just your gender. That would be my biggest argument to this is that humans are not just their fucking gender. And to heavily fixate on gender to the point where you can't accommodate human behavior is problematic. Let's move on from this because we are getting very dangerously close to soapboxing. <laughs> I think we've made this point pretty clear here. But the last point that I wanted to talk about, we kind of are already bleeding into, which is non-binary people and queer relationships basically upending the entire argument that BDSM is anti-feminist. Let's talk about this for a second here. The fact that queer people and trans people are, are excluded very often from conversations like this because we are inconvenient for an argument like this. For an argument like the one that we're going against to hold up, you have to exist in a binary world. You can, you have to only look at it through the lens of men dominating women. Um, if you throw anything else into the mix, it destroys the argument. Because suddenly we have people who are engaging in this behavior, but they're not engaging within a patriarchal power dynamic. They're engaging in something else, something outside, which indicates that the activity and the behavior doesn't belong to patriarchy. It belongs to human behavior. And that's why we don't like to talk about two women engaging in power dynamics and BDSM together. That's very, very uncomfortable because it's very inconvenient. Or a man submitting to a woman Uh or... A man being with a man or any non-binary or trans people engaging in these behaviors. Suddenly, we don't know what to do, so we just aren't going to talk about them because that's going to ruin our argument. They don't fit into my argument, so we're just going to ignore. And I want to kind of bring this back to my first statement about myself that I have been excluded from this experience because people give me a pass because I'm female presenting um, and with a woman. I do not get viewed as anti-feminist. I'm allowed to do the activity and to hold my head up high without being questioned because I'm, I'm not, I'm not submitting to a man. I'm not having a man touch me. I could stand here on a morally superior horse and brush shoulders with turfs because I basically fit into their worldview. BDSM is only really offensive to people who are extremists like this if a man is doing it to a woman. And that is actually offensive to me. And it should offend all of you. And I want to explain why. While it is true that there may be situations and relationships where there is a male D-type who is engaging in a a relationship with a female S-type and it is absolutely patriarchal and it is very sexist and it's very problematic. Those situations certainly exist. It is erroneous to apply that to every single heterosexual relationship you see where the male is the D-type and the female is the S-type. It is harmful to assume or to state that the women in that situation or the female-bodied people in that situation are unable to decide for themselves what they want to do and unable to discern for themselves if they're in an abusive or dangerous situation. While there may be instances where it is the case 
that the female identifying or AFAB person didn't perceive the male as an abuser until they were already abused. That does happen. It doesn't mean that every single male D-type is an abuser and that every single male-led relationship is anti-feminist and inherently harmful to the female submissive or the AFAB person submitting. That's- to me, the argument isn't what's everyone's gender. It's is there abuse in this relationship or not? Yeah. Regardless of gender. And we've already examined some pretty sticky and weird stuff going on in our culture and our community in BDSM where we're actually seeing female dominance abusing AMAB and male submissives. So this can happen regardless oh, yeah. of gender. Reference our episode yeah. Femdom called Femdom Don'ts. Don'ts. <laughs> yeah. Um, but really, abuse is abuse no matter who's the perpetrator. And you can certainly, if you wish to, make an argument and say that all abuse is part of patriarchy. If you'd like to do it, you can do it. But not all BDSM is abuse. Um, and this is when I want to bring in this conversation of non-binary people and queer people and femme people and, and, and AFAB people. Um, there are many uh, variations of how people can be in relation to, to each other within BDSM. And most of them subvert gender norms. Most people engaging in kink have to challenge gender norms and do some form of deprogramming to even be able to engage. We are dealing with stuff as human beings where we have to confront what we've been told we are supposed to look like and act like in order to embrace the things that we want. It is the ultimate form of autonomy and choice to engage in any sort of BDSM consensually, obviously. If it's not consensual, it's not BDSM, my friends. It's abuse. So when I say BDSM, it implies consent. Yeah. I am not... And that's what we always say. We're like, what's the difference between BDSM and abuse? Yeah. Consent. I I am not morally superior to an AFAB person who submits to a male D type. It is not... I, I am having no different of an experience from them. My desires to submit are not better than theirs because I'm attracted to femme people and to women. To say that you are morally superior and that you are allowed to engage in an activity because you're doing it with a woman and you are a woman is incredibly sexist. It's incredibly elitist. It's like the gold starred lesbian thing all over again. To say that somebody is lesser than you or problematic because they like men, want to do things with men, choose to submit to a man is holier than thou. It's like, it's like a narcissistic way to engage with feminism. So if you're looking down on or ca- passing judgment on women who sub- submit to men or AFAB people who submit to AMAP people or whatever you want to say about it, you are missing the, the complexity of what happens in BDSM, and you are also diminishing those people who are attracted to men and AMAP people. You're diminishing them and saying, well, you want isn't okay because of the person you're doing it with. You're also diminishing, if you want to apply the argument to any BDSM is patriarchal, no matter who's involved, because all BDSM is violent and all violence is male, right? You're also diminishing the people who are engaging in it and saying, you can't decide for yourself. You can't have BDSM and engage in power exchanges to women because there's still the patriarchy in your mindset. You're brainwashed. You can't do that. It's the same as the patriarchal, you know, viewpoint of you can't make your own decisions. Yeah. Women, like you're unable to do that. And so therefore men are superior and you should, you know, bow down to us. Well, 
you're, you're creating that same judgment and that same proclamation of you're not allowed to make that decision for yourself. We're going to make it for you because of our personal beliefs. This is a mind fuck. I understand it's a mind fuck. We should definitely not want men hitting women in the vanilla world. We do not want people to hurt and harm each other. Violence is not good. And we do live in a patriarchal society. We do live in a world where men demonstrate unfair and harmful amounts of power and tyranny over women and uh, female-bodied people. That is all true. In BDSM, we are subverting gender norms. We are exploring our autonomy and our wants and our pleasures for ourselves. And we are choosing partners that we feel safe with, that we feel drawn to. And we are exploring power dynamics that we want to engage in. It is consensual. When there are abusers, we do our best to deal with those abusers. It gets talked about in our community. Our community is not exempt from abusers. It's not exempt from anti-feminist thoughts and viewpoints and there is definitely a way to do bdsm that is very very anti-feminist if you want to do it that way you can like any other made of humans (laughs) so you're gonna get the full gamut anywhere you go but the community at large is not anti-feminist the decision to submit or to dominate is not anti-feminist and power exchange and the thought of control is not anti-feminist either abuse of power is wrong Regardless of gender. Abuse of power is wrong. Yes. Tyranny is wrong. But if you are a feminist, I want to read you this definition really fast. What is feminism? I looked up a bunch of definitions, but I'm just going to read the first one that pops up because it's interesting. I think it's, again, a reasonable definition. The advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes. Even that definition uses the word sex to describe gender. It's an archaic definition. But the point here is that we're looking at the equality of people, not based on their gender. We are specifically protecting women because women are the ones who are uh, uh, being treated unequally in the sense of we are getting less, we are being harmed by the imbalance. But we also are acknowledging as times are changing, it's not just women who are harmed. Trans people are harmed by the system. Non-binary people, women, men are harmed by patriarchy. We're all harmed by the binary gender system. And make no mistake, the patriarchy is built on the back of binary thinking. What we should be looking at is how can we protect human rights, regardless of your gender orientation. We should not be discriminating against people based on their gender or on their gender expression. And we should definitely not be assigning human traits to certain genders. The entire argument made against BDSM and, and, and basically saying that BDSM is anti-feminist is built on something that is kind of rotten to its core. And I understand that there is so much discourse going all the way back to the 1970s about protecting women from men. And I understand that times are changing and that this conversation is evolving, but we have to move with it. And it's very easy to scapegoat and to attack the BDSM community because what we do is very misunderstood by vanilla people. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, especially if it is a traditional gender norm couple. And like I said, on paper, it's the same shit. You know, a vanilla vanilla community will see abusive behavior on the surface without diving any deeper, without thinking about consent or 
negotiation or want, desire, etc. They just think about, well, here's what I see and I'm not, I'm not comfortable with it. Yeah. Therefore, it's wrong. I do want to say, if you're uncomfortable seeing BDSM, don't go to a dungeon. If you don't like to encounter these things, don't associate with people who do things that you don't like. If you say, I'm sorry, I understand that you are submitting to a man by choice, that this is your, your structure, that BDSM is a way of life for you. I'm uncomfortable. I'm going to go ahead and distance myself. If you want to do that, you have a right to put up your boundary. If people think you're kind of shitty for doing it, that's their also their right to interpret it. But you don't have to expose yourself to something that makes you very uncomfortable. But you certainly don't have the right to exclude us from the conversation or to, or to label all BDSM practitioners as anti-feminists. You don't have that right. I mean, you can say what you'd like, but you're not correct. You're speaking about and for a community that you don't understand. So when people confront us, the practitioners of BDSM, and tell us we're being anti-feminist, we should be not laying down and taking that because it's not true. It's based in binary thinking to even say such a thing. And also, if you are somebody who is queer, who is in a female-female relationship or who is perceived to be in one like myself, right, if you are AFAB with another AFAB person, don't take the out that they give you. Don't let them say, well, it's okay for you. I'm just going to hurt everybody else who's heteronormative. Don't let them do that either. Just because you're, for once, being treated uh, with privilege by being excluded from the conversation doesn't mean that you should be silent. I certainly am not silent on this issue. I feel very passionately about it. And I have a lot of compassion for female submissives or for AFAB submissives who want to submit to men and who have to constantly navigate this concept inside of themselves about whether what they're doing is okay or not. I've never had to ask myself that because I choose female and AFAB well, or just femme presenting tops. And the male D-types in those relationships yeah. also struggle with that. This is, this is why we want to talk about this. this. Yes, this is a conversation happening in the world around us, but it's also a conversation and debate happening within ourselves as individuals. We all encounter this thing. Yes, the word politics and gender and binary and feminism, all these words are big and they're frustrating sometimes and they can be overwhelming if you're not steeped in this discourse. I understand. But you are always having to encounter these concepts in yourself. And it needs to have some light shed on it because this conversation should include us as BDSM practitioners. Um, we would love to hear your thoughts on this, right? Like this is, please, like... Yeah. Um, again, maybe we someday we could maybe interview somebody who actually studies this stuff. <laughs> I mean, there's a really there's a very famous writer who I'm particularly interested in interviewing who has had a huge impact on um, BDSM and feminism in general. Uh, her name is Gail Rubin, and she is pretty remarkable. The the contribution she's made um, to our culture and also to the vanilla world with feminism is pretty cool. So maybe we can get her on one day. But um, yeah, I'd love to know from our listeners, you know, was this a struggle for you when you started on your BDSM journey, regardless of your gender identity? Was this was this something that you had to kind of come to terms with or are still coming to terms with in term as far as, you know, how we are socialized and the patriarchy and the shoulds and all of that um, compared to your kinkiness? Right. I, I'd definitely be interested in hearing that. I feel bad. This wasn't really a funny episode. No. It was serious. But that's okay. Did we fuck this up? Should we have been funnier? No. It's fu- 
It's not to be funny all, all the time. I don't know. Sometimes I feel the burden. If you like this content, if you like us, why wouldn't you? We're adorable. Um, but if you want to let us know that you like us, please um, leave a review and um, also hit that hit that five star button. We really could 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 use that that rating system to go as high up as possible. The more rates we the rate, positive ratings we get, um, the better the podcast does. The farther we reach, um, you can also majorly help us out by joining our Discord. It's free. It's fun. Uh, and there are cat pictures on there and cat emojis. So what are you even doing? Why aren't you on there right now? Um, <laughs> all right. Well, both of our cats are just sleeping through this. So hopefully you've enjoyed it more than our cats. Um, Fable and Echo are passed out. But uh, but yeah. So anyway, I think that's about it for this one. Yeah. Tussled Sid and Lena. You're all awesome and fantastical. And you help us do the things. And pudding. Pudding is our is our what is, our everything. Our uh, pudding is our everything. <laughs> uh, pudding is also a call, call me kinkling, which is the top tier. Um, so if you're curious about the tiers or our Patreon, and if you want to financially help us out, go visit the Patreon and get more K's. content. All right. Find us on Patreon for, at K's for Kinky. Thank you so much, our precious kinklings, and uh, we'll be back next time. Bye.